Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello and welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. My guest today is Eric Wolf. He's the CEO of the International Car Wash Association based in Chicago, Illinois. Eric, how long have you been the CEO at this point? I, I should know this, but uh, how, how long have you been? 2009, David. 2009, that's right. So you're coming up on, well, you've had a 10-year anniversary, so congratulations. Well, thank you, sir. Great, great. So you've been, you've been an about, important part of that. What's that? I'm sorry. Well, you've been an important part of that journey. You've been on the ICA board. I have. That's right. That's right. It's, uh, you know, I, I finished up and I'm uh, last year and, and it was a five year. So I was on the board for half of that time. So that was fun. It was a great, great experience. If you ever have an opportunity to become a board member of the of a, a national association or even a regional association, highly recommend it. It's a, it's, it's a great experience, great learning experience, and you're around some great people. So that, I really I really appreciate that opportunity to get to do that. But uh, today we're going to talk about car washing in China and kind of the experience that ICA has had here recently in the last, I'd say, 18 to 24 months with the Chinese Car Wash Association. And I don't have that information correctly. I actually looked for the press release that had come out and I couldn't find it. But I'm going to give you a little opportunity to talk about kind of the relationship we're developing with the Chinese Car Wars Association. Can you give us a little bit of idea of how that whole thing got started? Yeah, you know, it's, it's not unlike has happened with the other association partnerships we have around the world. Um, and starting when we were beginning to think about Car Wash Show Europe and having an extension of our U.S. show over there, um, we sort of find each other at industry events or by, you know, by simple research sometimes to try to find different car wash groups in different countries. And so, um, you know, the, the Chinese market, as you know, is growing and, and getting much larger. And so it's not uncommon to find Chinese operators and some of the association or show producer folks who will travel to the U.S. or European shows. And so, you know, just by just by being around, right, you just you meet people, you expand your network. Um, and so we have found the Chinese Car Wash Industry Association, which David, two years ago, I did not know such an, such an organization existed. Right. Um, and, and they are relatively a newer organization, but obviously they're, they're uh, you know, in an exploding market. And I think the, the future as they see it is really bright for car washing. Yeah. So um, they, they, they reached out about a year or two ago, is that correct? And started a dialogue with the ICA? Uh, you know, David, I would have to check the diary on when exactly, like what, what yeah. the first step was. Yeah, but I, I do, I do know, um, you know, I do, I do know, I, I think I first began hearing about the Chinese market from a car wash perspective from suppliers here in the U.S. Um, and I know some chemical companies who have done business there, either from manufacturing or sourcing. I know that some equipment companies have delivered product into that market. Um, and then, and then let's see, last year, it was February of 2018. Um, I was invited to be a part of their show in Beijing. And so I went there and did a presentation on the U.S. market. And one of those, again, serendipitous things, small world uh, with car wash. You know, I, I arrived and learned that, um, you know, there were plenty of European manufacturers there that I knew that were in the audience or presenting alongside me. So, you know, when you travel in the car wash circle, no matter almost where you are, you're going to find a lot of the same faces and certainly same companies and, and personalities. But it, it is a unique, it is a very unique from the U.S. or European markets, much more developing, but really, really rapidly. 
Yeah, very, very rapidly. I, I looked up uh, some statistics on car ownership in China. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later. But uh, so we actually took, ICA had a delegation this year go to their car wash show. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so two things really happened this February. So again, it was a year ago that I visited for the first time. And then um, that, that begat a lot of conversation back and forth with the association and then the show organizer. So to put in context, the, the, when I say the show in China, this is a large automotive aftermarket show. It, it'd be not unlike in the U.S. SEMA, the, the Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association show in Las Vegas, which is, you know, everything cars. Right. Or it's like Auto Mechanica in Germany is the other example. Um, so it's a big, big, huge. I mean, I think it's 150,000 attendees. It's kind of a week-long event um, in China. And a small, a small subcomponent of that is car washing, like it is with Auto Mechanica, right? It's just a, it's a piece of it. Um, so we began a, a discussion and conversation with the show organizer, the group that owns that show, and then the CCIA, the association is a partner of theirs, um, you know, again, a newer organization. And so then this year, what, what that resulted in was this year was the, was the unveiling of the extension of our brand into China, Car Wash Show, to now have Car Wash Show China. Um, as a sub-brand of this larger event. And we brought with us um, probably, I think we had a 13 or 14 person delegation, mostly suppliers, but also some operators um, that, that went over for the event to visit the show, to visit some car wash locations. Um, and for most of us, for many of our group, it was their you know, first trip to China too. So try and also get an understanding of the, the culture and the people. Good, good, yeah. So, so it, do you think it will always be a part of a larger automotive aftermarket show or do you think there will be an opportunity for them to branch off and do their own show you know i would i guess i could see two things happening i think it's likely you know my view would be over time it's it's going to be driven by what happens to the car wash market there so there are some places like in australia and as you know in the u.s of course and now in Europe, there are just dedicated car wash shows. We're, we're, we're involved in all three of those markets because the market is substantial enough. The professional side of car cleaning is substantial enough that it, it dictates, uh, supports having a focused show. In China, I, I think that independent entrepreneurial element is still the, you know, the vast minority of the market. It's the minority of the market. I mean, so, so professional car washing wouldn't be the majority of the total car wash market. And then the, ent the entrepreneurial independent part would be a, a minority of that. So that, what I mean by that is then, you know, the gas stations and the pet petroleum companies are the leaders in terms of professional sites and automated equipment. So as that, as that mix begins to change, yeah, I mean, at some point, whether it's 10 years or uh, 100 years from now, it, when you have a large, independent, focused, entrepreneurial, you know, dedicated car wash business um, population, I think things like the car wash show as we know it in the U.S. gets really viable. Until then, I, I think they're going to, you know, be, uh, be where they're at for the immediate future. And then secondarily, the second piece I could see happening is, is maybe some more conferences and, and educational programs. I mean, I, I don't know if that means like what we know as Splash here in the U.S. or something, but there is such a hunger for, hey, how do I get this business started? And, and how, how do I manage people? How do I market? How do I, you know, what, what equipment should I buy? What, what are the equipment options? What are the layout options? I mean, it's, it's, it's early. You know, it's really early. And there's a lot of hunger for American and uh, European technology and knowledge. And um, 
so I could see them wanting to do more in that realm as we go forward. Yeah, is that CCI, is, is the show a national show or is it a regional show? Because, I mean, China is huge, obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's certainly, I mean, it's certainly, that is the main show. That is the main organization. It's the only car wash association that we or they are aware of in China. But it's so big, who knows, I, to some extent, right? So yeah. um, that is the largest show we know of. And actually, though, that brand, uh, the brand of that show, which is, um, that, that show has two shows per year one is in beijing and the other one is a is in another chinese city it's not as large so beijing is the main one but but as as best we know that's the national organizations but i do i would say to your question i think they do draw more regionally um just given the nature of the country the size yeah interesting interesting yeah yeah it's good it's it's interesting that both china and europe you know is predominantly car washes is owned by corporations and typically oil corporations and and we're starting to see the emergence of individual ownerships and entrepreneurial ownerships where in the U.S. it's primarily entrepreneurial ownership and, and now it's moving a little bit toward corporations but uh, you know the U.S. kind of took took the lead with individual operators of multi-unit operators but typically individuals making that ownership and um, you know we're kind of seeing that same trend in Europe where we're seeing the individuals you know now starting to own car washes uh, you know, more so, not, not as much, but more so than they did in the past. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all biased by our own experiences and, and, and our own, you know, views, but I, I think that that is such an important distinction you make in that um, it is just a very different business, right? If you own a piece of real estate and you're doing five things, you approach those five things very different than if you're doing one thing, right? So if you're doing, if you're selling lots of convenience items and fuel and other and other things, uh, the way you run that business is different than our people who, as we like like you, David, right? Who you get up and every day you're worried about putting more cars through the tunnel. That's that's right. the goal. Right. Um, and so in Europe, it, it we know now for se- for several years the that that focused car wash, call it focused, call it independent, call it entrepreneurial, whatever that that piece of the market is growing much faster than the petroleum side of the market. It just has a, a ways to go to surpass that. Right. Um, in terms of sites, in terms of cars washed, maybe not, by the way, but in terms of sites, it has a ways to go. Um, and, and I think, you know, China is, I would expect it to continue on that path, but it's really early to know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And, you know, I think people that can focus, like for, you said for a convenience store, there's two or three different profit centers, right? There's the mm-hmm. food, there's the gas and there's the car wash and, you know, you're trying to manage three or four different profit centers and where, you know, like you said, if you're an individual owner, you wake up and that's all you're thinking about is that one profit center. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, China's come a long way. I really, I did a little research on kind of just cars in general, cause I, I don't really understand, but in uh, much about what's going on in the Chinese market, but you know, in 2001, there was a total of 18 million vehicles in China. And in 2018, there was a total of 300 million vehicles in China. So you can see the growth in the last 18 to 20 years in China has been explosive in terms of the number of cars. In the U.S., you know, we own 270, we have 276 million cars on the road right now that are registered. Those are not including the ones that are up on blocks. Um, And so, but... uh, yeah, so, you know, and if you talk about the, the population differences, you know, 327 million U.S. people in the United States and 1.3 billion people in China. So, you know, if you try to start extrapolating what the opportunity could be, I mean, you know, there's still 
only a quarter to a fifth of what the U.S. Uh, opportunity is in terms of cars. You know, so there's there's been a tremendous amount of growth there. They sell about the same amount of cars in in the U.S. Uh, as the U.S. does. So the U.S. in uh, sold about 18, 18 million cars, eighteen twenty million cars last year. They sold about twenty three million. So they're kind mm. of on par with the U.S. I mean, U.S. obviously is the largest car market in the world. And, uh, you know, China right now is number five in terms of the total number of cars um, on the road, um, mm. which is interesting. So Japan, Germany, Italy, and then China. But, uh, you know, they're obviously making making a, a big run at it. And people's, you know, people now, they're, they're developing that middle class that really would like to have vehicles. And for so many years, owning vehicles was actually difficult. But, you know, there's some issues in China, right? There's some restrictions. One thing I was looking at, in certain cities now, they're restricting the number of cars that people can own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people can only own one car and that's, that's it. And if you want to buy a car, you can either do it through a, a lottery or you can do it through an auction. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, you know, in some of these cities, because in, as you well know, you were over there, the traffic is legendary, I would imagine. Yeah, I, you know, as you're as you're listing off all of those things that are different, I, I think the other, you know, one way you could look at it is say is that say the the Chinese market has so much opportunity to develop if you look at like the ratio, right, people to cars, as you kind of cited. The other the other thing that'll be interesting, and just who knows, I mean, I, I, who knows, any prognosticator can come up with their own guess, but um, is how will it develop along that journey? So for example, you know, because it's that, that the car wash market in China will be developing at a time when one, there's not a huge history of car ownership, right? As you said, I mean, most people don't own cars still, still. And number two, this explosion in technology and, 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 and mobility technology and automation that people, um, you know, that is just now beginning in the market, um, people are going to be entering into their primary, call it mobility years at a time when they aren't necessarily beholden to a traditional ownership model. And there are so many technology options, right? So where I'm going is, are they going to leapfrog us in, in some elements of the business, right? So are you going to see that? Yeah, maybe certainly there's going to be more cars in 15 years, is there going to be a ton more as a ratio, a ton more self-driving, a ton more car sharing services, a ton more, let's say, B2B car washing. So the U.S. and Europe, you know, we've grown up for generations. We, we, even though we all worry about this and how will it change, we still probably have a long way to go to where your average 25-year-old American or German doesn't want to have a car. Right. But, but in China, you know, it, it may be very different because it, they didn't grow up with the same expectation and traditions. And now... Not only uh, is, is, are they emerging where they have the dollars to spend for those kinds of products, but they have dollars to spend and the technology for those kinds of services as opposed to a product. So yeah. I, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. Well, yeah, that's a great point that I hadn't considered, Eric, is that, yeah, they might be leapfrogging us because I'm sure their public transportation systems are much more developed than ours are, and especially in their cities where a lot of people live. And, and the need to own a car you know, it might, they might not need to own a car. We're even having that issue in the U.S. where, you know, our larger cities, people are opting not to own cars because they're relying on public transportation and shared ride services and things like that. So uh, re- really interesting. And I know, but, it, you know, a lot of things, you know, as that middle class emerges, and I was reading an article about this, you know, that it, it is a status symbol still to own a vehicle, 
And, you know, whether people can get beyond that and say, I don't really need that status symbol. It's okay if I don't own one or not will remain to be seen. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's like when you think about Africa has leapfrogged us in telecommunications technology because they never had landlines to begin with. They've just gone to cell service and, you know, they're, they're developing their broadband wirelessly versus having landlines. And right. So China could, could be doing the very same thing as far as cars is concerned. Well, and here's an example of that. I mean, I can tell you, so if you were to say, what's the most interesting thing in the, in the Chinese market uh, in, for car wash folks, it's not, I mean, I've seen some interesting sites, but I, like I said, the, the independent car wash market is still in its really early stages there. So I would say that's not what's the most eye-catching, but what's the most eye-catching to me is, and it's not just car washing, it's everything. It's mobile payments. I mean, it's unbelievable that, um, I mean, I think I said this to you the first time I traveled there that no joke, you know, you can walk down the street and there are street vendors like selling food, like in any, you know, modern city, they're selling roasted peanuts or whatever the stuff is. And, or, or you go into a mall and there's a pop-up stand and they're selling coffee or whatever. Right. And they'll just have a little card on the front. It may be a QR code or it may be a set of digits and it is their Alipay or it's their WeChat um, phone number or identification number. And it's all done person to person mobile. Yeah. So, and when I say it's everywhere, I mean, it's everywhere. Like there are places you can't use cash. You can't find cash. Um, you know, credit cards, even, even at hotels, credit cards are not even something that people transact in anymore. Yeah. So, you know, you go to businesses and, and, and in fact, I know that, you know, WashTech, one of the major world, the largest worldwide supplier of car washes. I mean, as they're going into the China market and they've been making probably investments in that market longer and more than anyone, um, you know, they're going in with their offering that they unveiled in Europe. Um, but their offering that they're really highlighting in China is this idea of having license plate recognition and mobile payment. And in Europe, you know, if you're, if you're, in, if you're sharing that with a with a German car wash operator, it's certainly cool. And some of your customers might like it and, and, and they're getting traction in, in, in Europe on that concept as we are here in the US with license plate recognition and stuff. But in China, there's no, there's no incumbent expectation almost or of using credit cards and cash. And if anything, you know, what, what you have to offer are these Alipay and WeChat payment options. Sure. So, um, you know, as, as one example of where they might leapfrog us is I, I would doubt the conversation in China is going to be over the next five years. Boy, should we, should we evolve from payheads, you know, and, and point of sale terminals? Like, should we evolve from that to the next generation of software I, I, or payment solution? I just think it's going to be, we're doing the today solution, which yeah. in China is Alipay and WeChat and QR and what is it, Tybo or something like that? Not, that's, a, that's an app. But all these different solutions, right, that I can't even remember and pronounce. Yeah. yeah, no, that's bad. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you were telling me even, you know, even handing somebody a credit card is, is archaic over there nowadays. And so, yeah, they're, they're, the fact that they're leapfrogging this in those techno technological areas will certainly be interesting to watch how they do that from a, from a car ownership perspective and, and seeing if, you know, if we're going to see that spike continue but uh, really interesting on in how they're controlling, you know, these cities are controlling car sales uh, through lottery and auctions. And I know there are some other countries that do that, right? So there, there's some tax consequences to owning cars in Singapore, for example, and it is a lottery to be able to buy a car in, in Singapore. So 
if a car costs $30,000, and this was a while back, I don't know if this is still the case, but if a car costs $30,000, you paid another $30,000 in tax, and then it cost you $30,000 for the license. So a $30,000 car would typically cost you about $90,000. Uh, you know, but it's just their way of controlling vehicles because, you know, the, the issues as far as land space and traffic and all that, I mean, these, these are very, you know, Singapore is a small island, but, you know, these cities that are getting very crowded, they've got to figure out ways, ways to control, um, you know, the traffic and what's going on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, when you're in Beijing, you see the traffic, like you said, it's legendary and it's, 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 it's late model vehicles. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's nice looking cars. It's, it's, it says it looks no different in many respects to walking down the street in Chicago or Frankfurt or something, you know, it's just, right. it's, it's very Western. Now, and, and what I want to say is that I, I need to be careful, right? I've been to Beijing. I'm not a I'm not an expert on China, so sure. yeah, okay. um, I mean that you're you're speaking of uh, China, Shanghai. I mean these are or Beijing, Shanghai. These are these are the the you know first world, most developed international class cities, and then you have a ton of space in between that you know hand car if they're even washing cars, but we're hand car washing or right. the equivalent of self serve may be viable, you know, maybe the most popular model for decades. You know, there's just, there's so much opportunity there. Uh, If anything, you know, if someone were to say, let's go to China and begin investing in the car wash business, you really got to pick and choose or you it's, it's just so broad. Sure. Yeah. And there's been a number of companies that have gone over to China to either investigate that or actually develop partnerships. We've got a, a friend of ours, Mark Curtis, who developed a partnership with a Chinese, with a car wash brand in China. Yeah, right. So, so the Splash Car Wash chain, which has been in the U.S., you know, for years, and one of the the leaders um, in the tunnel segment. I think Mark does he have t- let's say twenty five or so stores, and he'll correct me momentarily if he listens <laughs> to this when I get that wrong. Right. Um, so, so they now have they might at this point have three sites operating in China. Um, it's interesting the way he's done that. He's gotten some local partners. Um, he had a, a, a friend from uh, Connecticut who relocated to China and was looking for opportunities and approached Mark and then found partners. And the first, the first site that they built, they, uh, they built a building, so like a greenfield uh, built up. And it was a partnership, as I understand it, with a local governmental entity. So they built a two or three story building and it's a sale lease back. So th- they built the building and then uh, splash car wash is leasing it. And upstairs is some office space. As I understand it, I think it's mm-hmm. being used by the municipality or whatever. Um, and so they've brought a very modern um, it's, you know, it's a very modern tunnel. It's, it's like anything else brand new you'd see put in the ground in, in here or in, uh, in Europe, more of a compact style, but it's, right. it's a first rate conveyor. And now I think he's got again, three stores going. So, you know, I think that that's probably a unique example. I, I um, obviously there's always exceptions. I, I think China, if I'm if I put on just an American's view, I would say China, from a car wash perspective, will first be interesting for our supplier community, mm-hmm. and and that's really honestly what was most interesting about the partnership with the association was that if ICA can help suppliers understand that market and meet people and maybe eventually, you know, they can do manufacturing or sourcing of supplies um, inputs, or eventually maybe that we can help them meet distributors, et cetera, in that part of the world, then great. Down the road, maybe it's more interesting for operators. I mean, it, it may be interesting as a tourist, no matter when, right. But 
for, for retail operators, it, it, it probably isn't, um, that's not yet the, the, the world's leading retail market. But, um, but I think over time, again, it'll, it'll, it'll grow and continue. And who knows as they leap, if they leapfrog us, how it could get interesting quick. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. This is Henry Lopez, co-host of the How of Car Washing podcast with an exciting announcement. My co-host David Begin and I have designed a task management system for our car wash business. It helps us manage all of the operational tasks at our wash locations, like repair work orders, scheduled maintenance, and all of the checklists that we use to keep the wash running smoothly. We call it the Car Wash Operating System, and it helps us manage our operations so that we can drive maximum performance in our business. We are now offering the Car Wash Operating System to other wash owners. If you're looking for ways to improve your operations by reducing downtime and reducing maintenance costs, then we invite you to learn more about our affordable solution at carwashos.com. The Car Wash Operating System is a task management software solution designed to help you manage your operational tasks so that you can drive maximum performance at your wash business. Again, to find out more about the Car Wash Operating System, please visit carwashos.com. There are some challenges in China. Uh, and I've known some American, large American chains that have gone over there to try to identify opportunities and, and see. And I think there's a, there's a partnership component, so you can't necessarily be a foreign owner of, of, of businesses in China. You also don't own, right. own land, I think. You, now there's no land that's owned in China. It's all leased land. I believe you're correct. So you, you get to lease it from the government for a certain period of time. So you have some differences in those areas. When you were over there, what, what, what's the car wash market like? I think it'd be interesting to car wash operators here in the U.S. What, what's the predominant type of car wash? And then, you know, you had some experience with some new car washes and kind of their, their club program, if you want to share that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 I think if I had to organize it, I would say the market first is still hand washing, even in a city like Beijing. And when I say hand washing, don't like, don't necessarily think that's a person with a bucket on the side of the road. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's higher end detailing. Okay. So there are, there are a lot of small shops in apartment buildings or business towers that have hand washing. And you know, it's, it's, when I say hand washing, that's not entirely describing it perfectly. I mean, it's, it's figure self-serve bays, right? With people manually washing. So there's an element of automation to a degree, but that's a really popular model still. Um, then I think the next that you would see most would be gas station uh, rollover in Bay automatic kind of market. Um, you know, there are Petro China and, and the other major gas brands in China have not unlike in the U S and in Europe. I mean, having a car wash or a rollover is sort of part of the standard package. Mm-hmm. Um, again, almost all in bays it look, it would look very similar to everything you see, David, that you've seen uh, wouldn't yeah. be unusual. And then after that, you've really got to go looking. I mean, it's, it's, it's so when we were organizing the tours with the Chinese Car Wash Association, and when I went last year, and even again this year, I mean, I think they had to work pretty hard to find anything beyond those two. Because again, it's so new. 
Um, but there, there was one store, and I know you're kind of teeing this up, that was just fascinating. Um, we, we go to the, if you pull onto the site, you walk onto the site, and straight ahead would be a large, what would be the equivalent of like a three-story building. And, and you can tell right away, it's an automotive service center. And it's a large building. You, you pull in the front of it and, and they're selling tires and they're selling window tinting and they're, sell, you know, they're doing lube. And it, it looks like a, it wouldn't look so foreign from the U.S. On the side of it, on the side of this large main building is our four car wash choices. Um, two of them are rollovers, uh, American rollover, manu- rollover equipment, mm-hmm. touchless. And then they have two short conveyors um, and uh, conveyor technology, you know, the, the conveyor itself, uh, I think, natively made. I mean, it was not anything that we were familiar with. Um, and it was, you know, one was, it was funny, the, of the two shoots for the tunnel, one was labeled fast and one was labeled slow. And wow. it was perfectly representative of the product offering. Like <laughs> literally one was just creeping. I mean, it was lined up like crazy and one was just flying you through. Um, so those were the four initial car wash things that we saw. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And this is a big parcel. And then we look over to the right and we see a second building with what looks like, and if this looks like a very traditional American tunnel. And you know, upon closer inspection, we kind of wander over there. And, um, and by the way, you can tell we weren't being guided on this, right? Sometimes we're there at these places without the owner and the, the association's taking us and they're learning along the way too. So this is all like exploring. And we go over to this building and the building has, it looks like it is made to accommodate a double tunnel, but both tunnels are right now equipped with rollovers, like um, in, in line, like, you know, one for wash, one for dry or prep, wash, and dry might have been some, is how they orchestrated it for throughput. So they've, it, it could accommodate the tunnel. So we asked um, someone working there, well, what's, you know, what's described to us the difference between this or when did you add this building versus the other one? And, and the answer was, well, this is for, this is the member's car wash. And now we, we walked inside and we sat down and, and this was a site manager. So we started to get some more information. We said, well, talk to us about this, this membership. So, you know, what's your, we're thinking monthly unlimited, right? We're yeah. figuring whatever they're charging the equivalent of 20, 30 bucks and something unlimited. And he said, well, this is for members only. So it's a member's car wash. So number one, the difference was literally, if you're not a member, you can't use it. So it's only for people who are members. The other folks have to go to one of those four choices on the side of the main building. This other building, they are, have to be a member to go in. And the, the other dis- significant distinction is to be a member, you have to put funds on deposit. So we're like, that's interesting. You know, so what's, what is the wash cost? What are the deposits? He's like, well, you know, the more you put on deposit, the more you, the less you pay for the wash. And so we encourage people to load up the deposit and, and then we just deduct it every time they come a uh, cost. I said, well, okay, so what, what are the deposit points? And at, at the, he gave us two or three different options. It, the low end started at, at the time, the equivalent was like 7,000 US dollars. <laughs> and the high end I want to say it was close to 40. I mean, it was over $30,000. And um, we sat there, by the way, with Google on our phone, trying to make sure we were doing the currency because we couldn't get our heads around it. Like, yeah, you, yeah. like you get somebody to give you seven grand, like $30,000 to deduct. I mean, it's a heck of a Starbucks card. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but that, and, and, and he kind of made a comment and to be fair, you know, we're working through a translator. So what I interpreted his response being was he essentially said, 
yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the car wash business, but I'm really in the deposits business, which yeah. I thought was a great line. Yeah. No like doubt. he's just, he's just taking deposits. I mean, he, he might be making as much money on the float as some people make on car washing just yeah. with what he's sitting on. Yeah. So I just thought it was a fascinating deal. And, and it really was, by the way, it was a, it, it was a, um, it was a flex serve essentially with a beautiful waiting room. And it was a, you know, it was an experience kind of a place you can go there and have a cup of tea and you could do some shopping they had like luxury items for sale. And then, and then again, it had an, an optional interior washing section and it was a very nice offering, but I had just never heard of a, you know, one is members only. And then two is taking deposits of that, of that uh, size just kind of blew That's me crazy. away. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, just, just when we think we have it figured out, you'll hear of something like that, that completely takes the car washing model that we're creating and puts it on its tail and you know and you're not you're thinking like wow we, we don't think big enough or we don't think different enough and you know that's that's the beauty of of what the ICA does when you start you know developing partnerships with other associations is that's where we learn all these new ideas in in the car washing market because there could be somebody you know somewhere doing something that we never realized that could could be done and and you know all of a sudden everybody picks it up and it becomes standard. Well, I'm glad you said that. I mean, I, I, that, that has been the most eye-opening experience for me, David, since all of this uh, work and these opportunities have opened up for ICA all over the world is, you know, we first were considering, well, should we have a show in Europe? You know, we're really an American organization and what's it going to cost to develop a show in Europe? And what, what, what you know, is it, is it going to be profitable? And, and mm. like, a, like it, it's normal, right? You need to look at the, the P&L and the opportunity in the market and say, is this thing going to work? But at the same point, what ICA is uniquely able, and I think we have a responsibility to do, is not just say, is this going to be profitable? Like, you know, we're not just a trade show company that wants to just make money for shareholders. We have stakeholders. And I think the most profitable that all of these international endeavors have been is measured by those who have gone. Right. You know, and, and they've experienced idea exchange. And, and you and I have done this, and we're not going to regurgitate it here, but we've talked about I really believe that since 2014-15, when we started really bringing delegations first to Europe and started doing the shows in Europe and now, and now in Australia um, and elsewhere, I think it's been measurable. Uh, I mean, measurable, the amount of ideas I have seen in the U.S. market developed, retail development ideas and wash ideas based upon those events, based upon the exchange of people getting on a plane, going and walking through a wash, meeting somebody with a different idea. I mean, that, that's not anything that I can point to on the ICA's financial statements, right. but boy, oh boy, I, I can, there, there's countless examples that I think that's the real value of what we're doing here with connecting people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And all of us in the exterior express car wash market owe a few people back in the late 90s and early 2000s, we owe those people going to Europe, looking at how car washing was evolving in Europe, took the ideas, came back to the U.S., and that's how the exterior express market, you know, you, you, you and I know this because we talk about it all the time, but there might be a lot of people out there who don't realize that the exterior express market started in Europe, and there was a delegation of U.S. people that went over there uh, to look and kind of study and see, and they came back and they started implementing it, and then it just exploded, and that was, if there's no better example of what's happened to our market in the U.S., that's that's a great example of, um, you know, what happens when you have idea exchanges across different countries and different continents. And, you know, we could be looking at the next phase somewhere in, in Asia 
that teaches us more about car washing that we're going to implement here in the U.S. So yeah, it's, you know, all of you out there building exterior car washes, exterior express car washes, um, you know, you owe that to a group of people who, you know, were pioneers back in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good, good. Well, great. So the, the, the relationship, just real quick, what's, what, what is our relationship with the Chinese Car Wash Association? Yeah, so we, have, we really have two relationships um, in China. One is with the association, which is not unlike other agreements we have signed with Italian organizations and Dutch and German. It's on, on information exchange. So, you know, we both share like our consumer research in the U.S. They share their market studies with us just so we have information that really is most interesting to our collective members, right? So if, if someone who is a retailer or supplier in the U.S. wants to understand China, at least now we know where we can point them and we can share with them some data that's been shared with us. And, and um, you know, that work continues even going and heading into the Car Wash Show in Nashville in the next month. Uh, we have another delegation of, I think it's 13 or 14 coming from China, uh, uh, manned, uh, led by the association, the Chinese Car Wash Association coming to the show. And so we just continue to build those relationships and build connections. Um, Then we have a separate partnership with the trade show organizer that runs the shows in China. And that is uh, just an agreement that we we will provide our customer bases, so our American European customers, and then Chinese for the, for the show organizer in China, their Chinese native customers, will provide them support when they come to our other respective shows, and we cross promote. So we have the role, ICA has the role of promoting and making people aware of Car Wash Show China in the US, Australia, and Europe, and they have a role in promoting Europe, Australia, and the US in China. Uh, and for that, we have a, uh, there's a financial component of that, which, you know, essentially is recognition for the work put into doing some of the promotion and making sure it's fair to both parties. It's, it's symbiotic that way. Um, so two, two pieces to it um, that, that, that we think is going to put together a nice platform for going forward. Oh, great. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I appreciate the ICA doing that because I think it'll be helpful for us in the long term and kind of keeping an eye and developing those relationships with associations, I think is key. So. Thanks for doing that. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yeah, good. Well, we're going to end this particular episode. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate your time and effort. Interesting information. We'll kind of keep our eyes on see how that market evolves. But uh, we'll also have a quick discussion after this about the car wash show upcoming. But I want to say thanks to everybody that's listening to the How of Car Washing. Uh, again, we're on, we now are on Spotify and Google Play. I don't think you know that, Eric, but just uh, if you're a Spotify person or Google Play, the Health Car Washing is now on there. If that's your favorite uh, way to listen to podcasts, you know, we welcome you to listen there. I want you to leave a comment, if you will, either on iTunes or Stitcher. And uh, if you want to give us some ideas on future episodes, go to the, our website, www.thehowofcarwashing.com. Appreciate uh, you listening, and we'll look forward to the next time on The How of Car Washing. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.